welcome to the Unlocking Her podcast. I'm your host, Jess, your no bullshit best friend, talking all things health, mindset, business, and everything else in between, and helping you on your journey to becoming your next level self. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get into it. Hello, I am officially back. I do need to apologize to you guys though, because I went a little bit MIA there for a hot sec, but I promise you it was not by choice. I ended up sick on and off for, I reckon, six weeks and I pretty much lost my voice the entire time. So I wasn't really in a position to get on and record a podcast. So anyway, here we are, but I thought I would just do an episode just keeping you guys in the loop. So a little life update. And then I just want to touch on some things that I'm navigating in my personal and my business life right now. So this will probably be quite a vulnerable episode, but I just kind of want to give you guys a little bit of an insight into what's going on behind the scenes, essentially. So health has taken a bit of a hit of late. I had tonsillitis for two weeks at the start of June. And honestly, I feel like all of June, all of July just flew by. I feel like I didn't leave my house, but tonsillitis for two weeks. And this is something that I used to get on the regular, but I haven't had for a good like four years, maybe. And it's the only thing that has ever made me that sick. And I know what you're thinking get them removed but it's actually not that simple doctors these days there's not actually a lot of them that will do it so if you have an experience with this firstly hit me up because your girl needs some help like I said never been so sick in my entire life and like I've had COVID a few times and that has absolutely knocked me around this was 10 times worse my fever lasted for five days just hot and cold sweats the entire time I passed out in my bathroom and like, I'm so lucky that my partner lives with me because if he didn't hear me, I don't know what would have happened. Not to mention I have a basin that like floats in the middle of nowhere. So I'm just also lucky that I didn't hit my head and knock myself out. But yeah, he even had to like help me get out of bed. It was not a good time. Then I had a week where I was healthy My mum came to visit, everything was all good. And then the following week I got sick again, but it was literally just something mild. I was able to work the whole time and pretty much function as a normal human, but I lost my voice and it just lingered for another two and a half weeks. And I honestly still feel like I have something underlying, like my energy is so shit and I'm just, I guess, cautious that I don't get sick again because my immune system is shot. So my main priority right now is just building my immune system back up and getting into the swing of things like with everything, work, training, my nutrition. I did keep up with all of my mindset practices in that time though. So, so grateful that I had that to fall back onto. One thing that I will say is just how grateful I am that I have transitioned into the online space and also to just the fact that I work for myself and I don't have anyone to answer to. But 
me in 2021 working in a gym this would have never have been possible like to have a month off work in a gym would have been such a blow to my financial situation whereas I can sit at home sick still plug into work whenever I want to and choose to which in itself just shows how much I do love my job but also I have amazing clients who respect me and support me and know that when I am sick like I can take a break and it's not a big deal which is amazing I'm so grateful for all of my beautiful clients sticking by me in that time but like I said I was able to lay in bed and plug into work or message them from my phone or sit on the couch just watch movies and do work in that capacity and my income didn't change the girl who slaved away in a gym for years working 70 hour work weeks so scared of taking off work one because I'd lose income but also I didn't want to let down my clients and I'd feel so guilty she would be dying inside she would literally pass out because she would have never have known that that was a reality and I'm just so fucking grateful that this is the life that I've created for myself and when life gets in the way it doesn't affect my business and how it runs from a day-to-day basis which is amazing I've also just gone back into a calorie deficit for the first time in almost two years, which is wild. Me, six, seven years ago, would also be dying if she knew that she did a bulk and a maintenance phase and she wasn't actually trying to lose weight. So that's been very healing for me. But when we came out of lockdown, I was the smallest I have ever been since I was like 17, 18, which is like 66 kilos. And on my body, that's actually quite small. I'm quite a dense human being. So I was like, nah, not having any of this. I feel really skinny. And that's not the vibe that I'm going for right now. I really miss being strong and just having that body shape to me. So we went into a bulk. That was probably... I want to say a year and then I maintained from that so I've pretty much been sitting in the last like six months anywhere between 70 to 75 also that phase came at a good time because I got into a relationship so to just not even have that pressure of trying to lose weight while I am navigating that you know when you first start in a relationship you're going on date nights and doing all of those good things so yeah, being in a calorie deficit was just not realistic for that period of my life. But we've got to a point where I'm able to manage that now. And we're also doing it together, me and my partner. So that's really helpful to have that support. But I will say the hardest part about being in a deficit is literally just the amount of food I'm eating. It's just sad not eating so much food and in saying that I am lucky that I have spent so long building up my calories so that I am on a lot of food while I am in a deficit and I'm still able to lose that weight while enjoying myself but when you're used to eating like I was eating sometimes over 3,000 calories a day in my bulk I think the highest I got up to was like 3,200 so yeah When you love food, it's shit when you've got to cut that back down. But 
I'm definitely ready for a fat loss phase. I just feel within my body not as comfortable. So it's not even a thing of like, I want to look different. Like, yes, that is a benefit, 100%, but it's a byproduct. It's not the sole reason for why I want to go into a fat loss phase. Whereas old me, all she was focused on is weight loss. So I started my deficit right before I got sick. And then obviously getting sick, put a bit of a spanner in the works. I was just eating for survival during that time, honestly. And I actually went back to maintenance as best I could. So technically I had to put my deficit on pause for a little bit and have a diet break, if you will. But we're back into things now. So when I started, I was 75.5 and I'm already at 73, which is insane results to start with. But one thing I do want to touch on as well is like when you first start a deficit, you'll lose a lot of weight really quickly because it's majority water weight and things will probably start to slow down over the next coming weeks. But so far, so good. I've also started a calorie deficit series on TikTok where I've been posting all of my updates, things that I've been doing throughout and also just general stuff that I feel like you guys need to know to help your fat loss phases go a lot smoother. So if you haven't seen that yet, definitely go and check that out. I think it will be super fucking helpful. And today is officially one year since I have come off the pill, which is wild. I feel like that whole year has gone so freaking quick. And I'm going to do a whole episode on this because it definitely needs to be spoken about more. But it was honestly the best decision I have ever made for my body and my mental health. Like I will never, ever, ever go back. Also, before I talk about any of this, I just want to touch on the fact that I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health professional. So take all of this with a grain of salt and just discern what is going to apply to you and what isn't. Okay. If you are in a position and the decision aligns for you, I honestly could not recommend it enough. Like get off the pill. Everyone has different situations, different circumstances. So I totally get that. And I feel like if you are wanting to come off the pill, definitely do your research and definitely consult your doctors, naturopaths, all that kind of thing before you do come off and see if it is an option for you. If it's not, that's totally fucking cool too. This is just what aligned with me and what I felt I needed to do for my body. And like I said, best decision ever. So I had been on the pill for 15 years straight without coming off. Like I had no idea how my body functioned without being on contraception, which is actually scary. And also too, I just became more aware of like all of these things that I'm putting into my body, like surely it's not natural. And, you know, I just wanted my body to be functioning in its natural form. And also not to mention, I am... 29 this year so if I wanted to have kids in the future I was like okay don't know how my body functions without this and I don't know how long it's going to take for my body to regulate and so let's fucking get off it I also was on a man ban which I'll get into later in the episode but 
I wasn't having sex. So I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. I was on a pill called Microlute or the mini pill and it's progesterone only, which was one of the only options that I could have with my hemiplegic migraines, which mimic the symptoms of a stroke. So I was on a quite of a low dose pill, which I feel like had definitely something to do with how good my transition was off the pill just because it wasn't that high dose. I went and got my bloods done before coming off as well, made sure everything was looking good. And then I did heaps of research about like what you should be taking coming off the pill to prepare your body. So everything kind of just said, improve your gut health. So I was taking things like probiotics. L-glutamine was another one which helps improve the lining of your gut and also just lots of vitamins like magnesium, zinc, iron. And there was another one, I think maybe like selenium or something random like that. I was actually already taking a lot of these vitamins, so I didn't necessarily need to do a longer preparation phase before coming off. And essentially all the research that I found was like, you need to be supporting your gut health and replenishing your body with all of these vitamins and minerals. My experience was a bit mixed. I would say in terms of my physical cycle, everything was super normal. It came bang on every single month. I was ovulating at the exact same time every single month as well, which I tracked on an app called natural cycles and took my temperature every single day, which is one of the only ways that you can accurately track your ovulation as well. My blood was bright red as well, which indicates that you're healthy. I was also producing fertile mucus around ovulation too. So yeah, physically great. But the thing that I struggled with the most was definitely the mental health side of things, which no one really prepared me for, to be honest. And you know, it's pretty normal when you have a natural cycle, our serotonin levels drop, we get irritable, we get sad, all of those kinds of things. But when you're on the pill, it actually levels out those serotonin levels before you get your period. Well, it definitely happened in my case because when I was on the pill, I never had that like depresso moment before I got my period. Like I never even cried. Whereas now I pretty much know, okay, day 23 of my cycle, I am fucking angry and irritable. Do not come near me. I get super snappy at my boyfriend and he really notices when I'm in that kind of phase of the cycle. And then two days before I'm out, I am hysterically emotional, really depressed as well. I just like stare out into the abyss, but all very normal things when your cycle is functioning naturally, right? This was heightened to the extremes when I first come off the pill. So my first four cycles were super depressing. The thoughts that were in my head were quite dark. And I was even like to myself, like, what the actual fuck was that? Like pull yourself out of it. But it was literally just my hormones. I also read a book called Code Red by Lisa Lister, which really helped me transition off the pill. One, just preparing myself for all the things that could possibly happen and how you feel in each cycle, cycle syncing your exercise as well, 
also tracking your cycle as well, which now I actually don't even really need to track my cycle because I'm so in touch with my body that I just kind of know where I'm at each day based off my mood, how my body's feeling, discharge, all of that kind of stuff. So that really helped me a lot. One thing I do want to mention as well is that when I was younger, I had a regular cycle before coming on the pill as well. I was never one of those horror stories that had an irregular period and the doctor put them on to quote unquote regulate their cycle. And then once they come off, they realize that they have all these underlying conditions. I also had a really good skin growing up. So I had that throughout being on the pill and then transitioning off as well. One thing that I will say though, is if you're only on the pill for a contraceptive reason in terms of like your partner won't wear protection or you're having casual sex, the right person will support your decision. And I feel like that is a reason why I was still on the pill is because I was living my best life as a fuck girl previously. So I never would have even dreamed coming off the pill or the boys that I was interacting with were not willing to meet my needs on that. Like I said, the right person will. And my partner has been so supportive of my decision. And we're just so careful around that time, use extra methods of care, or we just don't have sex around that time. Like I said, if you're in a position to, and the decision aligns for you and your doctor says that it's a good idea, absolutely highly recommend coming off the pill. Okay, that's more of the life update stuff out of the way. Now I wanna touch on some things that I'm navigating behind the scenes and just some things that are triggering at the moment and how I've been working through them and what's been coming up for me. First things first, the biggest thing that I am navigating in my life right now and is taking up a massive chunk of my life in general, but also my inner state is my relationship. I'm also going to be going into more detail on other episodes on this. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to do a little bit of a series. Firstly, I just want to say how freaking happy I am. I never thought that I would get to this point in my life either. I didn't see myself with anyone. I didn't see myself even having kids, which is something that we've already spoken about. I see for myself and yeah, I just honestly thought I'd be single for the rest of my life and that I'd die alone, which is fucking crazy. So this is my first ever relationship. I'm nearly 29 years old and this is the first boyfriend I have ever had in my life. I've had flings, I've had situationships, but never an actual boyfriend. I've never had anyone that's actually chose me. And before this, I never had a situationship or relationship that existed outside a bedroom, which is so wild to even say that out loud. So it's been super healing for me, but also the most triggering nine months of my life. Like I have done some healing. I've done some deep inner work 
And let me tell you now, there are parts of myself that I have healed that I would have never have been able to being single. It's like I almost like bottlenecked my own healing journey or like I'd come to a standstill, if that makes sense. And then I met my partner and it's just like opened the floodgates. So it's been challenging, but it's also very beautiful coming out on the other side of things. And like to one thing that I've just held myself through the entire time with this is like these triggers are coming up to heal. It's coming up and screaming at you because it wants to be known and it wants to be worked through, right? So I've almost like welcomed it. The biggest thing that I've had to learn in a relationship is like how fucking wrong I was about relationships in general. I had such a skewed perception of what it would be like, that we would never have challenges come up. We'd never fight. It'd all be smooth sailing and I'd be happily ever after as soon as I met that person which is so fucking naive and I was smacked in the face pretty much and this is just something that I feel like no one prepared me for like no one speaks about how challenging they are even to you see on social media or even when you're speaking to your friends everyone's either talking about how toxic things are so when things come up that are a normal part I'm like oh fuck that's toxic I gotta run (laughs) or no one's speaking about the things that are coming up so the relationships that do look good look perfect because they don't bite so yeah I just had this very skewed perception of what it would be like the most triggering thing for me as well has actually been how challenging it is when you have been operating from masculine energy your entire life to having to learn how to be in that feminine energy and receive someone's love, someone's support, and just someone else looking after you. I was just such an independent, I don't need no man. I'm never going to give the man a satisfaction that I have feelings for him. Like, no, I would literally fist bump boys after leaving them from a dick appointment. (laughs) I was ruthless. But that was all just a protection mechanism. So if I shut off my feelings to everything, then no one could hurt me. But then you end up miserable because you're on your own. But the one thing that we need to remember as feminine beings, it is our core desire to be provided for and looked after. It's in our biology. And the more we go against that, the harder it is to find our way back to how we should be living. And it's been a challenge to just let down those walls and let someone in. And sometimes I actually still find myself going back into that masculine energy. I'll find when I'm too much in my head, I need to really concentrate on breath work and bring myself back to my body. Being in nature really helps me as well. But even just little things like letting him drive me everywhere, asking for help when I need jars opened and yeah, just little things like that where obviously I can do these things myself, but he actually wants to do them. So I need to let him do them. But also it's not just things that we're doing, 
but more like how I say things and how I communicate as well. Like I've really been learning how to speak up in ways that aren't emasculating to him or coming from like a shaming energy, like, oh, why don't you do this? Or can you please do that? Whereas, you know, really like trying to step back into my feminine energy to inspire him to do things, which has really shifted things in our relationship. And, you know, at the start of a relationship is when you're doing these things naturally, you're letting them do them. But when you start living together and you get further into the relationship, you start slipping back into those masculine ways. So that has been really hard, but I'm starting to find a really good groove with that and just, yeah, allowing the natural balance to be restored. Also, one thing that I think I should mention is like, you're not always going to be 50-50 in your masculine and feminine. Sometimes you're going to have to step into your masculine as they are sometimes going to be back in their feminine. But as long as the balance is always restored, then you're pretty much good. Also for me, running my own business, which is a very like masculine thing, I'm in that teacher mode. I'm giving to my clients. I'm a fucking boss babe in all areas, right? So that is actually my time for me to step into my masculine and have that structure. But then I know once I've switched off from work and I'm in the home and in a situation where he is involved, I am the feminine and I let things flow. Does that make sense? The next thing that's been quite challenging to navigate in my relationship, but I'm actually really finding my groove with that now is attachment styles so if you don't know what that is or what your attachment style is do some research go and do the quiz it will really help you in your relationship and also to just to understand your partner better and also understand yourself better I first did my quiz when I did my first ever mindset container and my results came back fearful avoidance and if you don't know what that is it's basically a disorganized attachment style where you have qualities of both an anxious attachment and an avoidant attachment but my whole life I had only resonated with avoidance I would need a lot of space from my friends if someone was really clingy towards me I would get completely icked I had to do everything on my own I could never express my emotions honestly up until two years ago I probably cried like five times my entire life or my from teenage to adulthood like I just had no emotions then I went on a healing journey and by the end of it I was secure I felt fucking amazing I thought fuck yes I've conquered life but of course you're going to be secure when you're on your own and there's no other human being that comes in to trigger it and this is why I always say the saying new level new devil so I obviously became secure but then it was time for me to level up met my partner and then all the anxious shit came out (laughs) So I actually feel like we both have the same attachment style, which is the mixed one. And if he avoids, which it's not so much avoids, but it's like they need to be on their own to regulate. Whereas an anxious needs that person to regulate their shit, right? So he would avoid, I would be sat here freaking out, wondering what I've done wrong. And then we, when he comes back, everything is all good. And then I feel good, right? 
Then if I was avoidant, which I actually go into avoidant mode when everything is good and calm and I'm like second guessing it. And it's almost like this fear that no one's going to be able to look after me as good as I can. And then he's probably more anxious seeing if I'm okay in those periods. So it's been challenging to like navigate that and then finding that middle ground and being okay with that middle ground and not overthinking it when life is normal and calm. Like you should have a calm, normal, almost boring life, right? We have to learn to be okay with the mundane parts of your relationship, which are the parts that I was like super, super overthinking, right? And the best way that I can explain this coming up for me is like, I couldn't differentiate between the difference of my trauma coming up and what was my intuition, because I was finding myself always wanting to run, but really that was just when we were in a dysregulated state and I would freak the fuck out and convince myself that I wanted to go. But really that was my trauma trying to protect me. And then when I'm actually regulated, I don't overthink it. I don't want to leave. I'm so fucking happy. Everything is perfect, right? I've worked through a lot of this with the help of mentors, as well as I've just started seeing a psychologist, which has been super, super helpful, just unpacking where my attachment style is coming from, which might I add is developed when you're a child based on the amount of love or emotional support and needs that were met from your parents pretty much. And we obviously perceive things differently as a child, as we do adults. So our logical brain will know the difference, but when we're triggered, it's our inner child running the show, which is why often it feels so fucking silly or you can't almost like pinpoint where it's come from. So yeah, been working with the psych, she's been amazing. And that now brings me to the next thing that I have been navigating is she has picked up on me having ADHD. So I'm in the process of getting that diagnosis. I've got the pre-diagnosis. We did the initial assessments, which I scored really highly on. Now the next part of it is literally just going to the psychiatrist, getting the yes or no answer. But my psych has said, that's only if you want to get medicated. And honestly, I feel like I'm okay with only going this far at the moment. I personally don't want to choose to go on any medication for it. And partly the reason for that is I'm 29 years old. I have done two uni degrees. I run my own business and I can live life that is in alignment with me and my needs and how my brain works. So I feel like I don't need any extra help with the medication. Once again, I'm not a health professional. I'm not a psychologist. This is just my experience. So take everything with a grain of salt. My next reasoning is I'm actually choosing for this not to mean that anything is wrong with me. And my psych has been really good with moving through that because she actually just says like, we've got a little extra spice, (laughs) neurospicy, I think is the term she uses. But for me, the route that I'm going down currently and what we've decided upon together, me and my psychologist is to just work with psychological means of how I can manage my ADHD. 
I do want to mention this is not some random thing that I've just gone into the psych and she's just brought it up with me. I have thought for a long time that a lot of the things that I do are weird and it's also in my family. So it was a pretty high possibility that I had something else going on. And right now I actually just feel like my life makes sense and that all of these quirks that I do have are completely valid and yeah, just having all those thoughts that I have about myself and all the things that I do weird being validated is very, very healing as well. I'm not going to bore you with a massive list of all of these quirks, but a couple of my most prominent ones are hyperfixating. And if you follow me on social media, you will have noticed my hyperfixation meals. I always talk about them as well, but I'll essentially eat the same thing for months on end. It is all I crave and I have to not force myself, but I have to make sure that for other meals throughout the day, I'm having something different just so that I've got the variety, but yeah, it's all I crave. I'll eat the same lunch for months or I'll eat the same breakfast for months on end. And then one day out of nowhere, I'll take one bite and I'm repulsed. I can't even finish the meal. (laughs) I've just eaten it so much that my senses are just like, they're not with it. So I've got to change it up. And then down the track, I'll come back to it. Sometimes these hyper fixations or the periods where I've gone off that type of food, that only might last for like a week or two and then I'll go back to it. Or it could last for like six months. It's no set time frame. I also hyperfixate on tasks. So I'll start like a new hobby or I will hyperfixate on something that's currently happening in the world. So like not long ago, I hyperfixated for it was like 5 days. I all I did was research and watch videos on the Titanic, so the submersible that went missing, the actual Titanic, how the movie was directed, artifacts on the ship like tell me why I was googling how the fucking China on the Titanic stayed intact all the way to the bottom of the ocean like (laughs) uh, it it makes sense now right the other day I read Atomic Habits in two hours and I highlighted all the important parts of the book and might I add I have not picked up a book in six months so yeah well and truly a hyperfixation Another very prominent thing for me is OCD. So my psych, she asked me like, how often do you lose things? And I was like, never. She was like, why? And I'm like, because everything goes back in its exact same spot. And I feel like too, this is something that comes up in my relationship a lot because my partner is disorganized as fuck. He is not OCD at all. He loses everything and it irritates me. But yeah, everything has its same spot and everything is pristine. Even like color coding things like at school, everything was color coded. I still do that to this day. If I make one mistake, I've got to rip out the entire page. I also can't sit still for very long periods of time. I thought I didn't have the hyperactive portion of it, but through this assessment, we've realized that I was actually just masking and I fidget a lot. I move around a lot. I can't concentrate for long periods of time. 
and I've got to get up and go to the gym or go to the shops or I get super distracted with what I'm doing. I've got a limiter on my phone of the time that I can be on certain apps just so that it reminds me to stop scrolling. I also have extreme procrastination, which working for myself has really worked wonders for that because obviously I don't have deadlines or anyone to answer to to kind of get me in trouble for procrastinating so I've kind of worked that in to my schedule and I allow that through my day as weird as that sounds but at uni like I would procrastinate right up until the end I'd write like 4,000 word essays in a day because I would just put it off and put it off we also used to take Ritalin at uni for shits and gigs to like focus and everyone would be off their chops and it would actually make me focus and I could get my work done, which should have been the first fucking sign that I had it. And then another big part of my life where it plays out is in social settings. So like my social anxiety is insane, which you would actually never know because I've learned how to mask that as well. I hate small talk. I'm super fucking impatient and it really affects my friendships. I'm also really, really good at like cutting things off if I see one red flag, I'll just be like, not nah, cool. You're not my friend anymore. So yeah, since working with my psych, I've realized that is a massive part of my life that has been affected. And honestly, the list goes on and on. I'm not even scraping the surface of the ways it comes up for me. Something that I have found really challenging though, is when I've explained to people that this is what's going on for me, a lot of people have been like, oh, how does that make you feel? Or they haven't believed me. Yeah, it's just been a bit of a weird situation. A lot of people not understanding how it works or even not even believing that it's a thing I've also had. Or yeah, people just coming from that energy of like, are you okay? Because something's wrong with you. So that's been a bit different coming to terms with that and how people react. But I've done lots and lots of work on how to hold projections. So I've always just been anchoring back into that when I've felt a little bit dysregulated. Another thing that I've really been struggling with, especially of late, but over the last couple of years is life feeling really stale. Like I've got so many amazing aspects of my life, but one thing that I'm really missing is like strong aligned friendships. And it's something that I've been calling in and slowly starting to see them actually appear in my life which has been great but yeah I really struggle because I feel like in the area that I'm living I don't have lots of super close friends at the moment or ones that are aligning with the period that I'm at in my life I feel like at this age a lot of people are evolving and changing but a lot of people are also staying the same so it kind of puts you in like friendship limbo I would say so I've been doing like almost an audit of all the people in my life and what's aligning, what's feeling good, trying to fill up my cup a bit more, noticing the ones that I'm around where I'm not feeling filled up and I guess acting accordingly. But also, as I mentioned before, which is a neurospicy thing I've since found out is, as I said, cutting off people. So learning how to, okay, notice that a friendship isn't really serving me but also learning how to not cut it off just because I can like I can be friends with people in a capacity but it doesn't have to be a really close friend if that makes sense and I feel like this probably comes from the fact that my 
best, best friends do not live in the same city as me. And it's really hard not having that support network here. My family also aren't here too. So that kind of puts a little bit of a toll on things. But my partner and I plan to move in the next few months. So I'm really just hoping that I'm going to be able to meet some new people in those areas. But this is actually a very common theme with people that I'm working with, but also people in my industry. Like I interact with a lot of females online and a lot are saying the same thing. Like we're all just kind of wishing that we all lived in the same city or like the same area. And it's so hard when you do find those soul aligned people and they live on the other side of the fucking country. I still make an effort to like go and travel and see those people and connect that way. But yeah, it's so hard when your people aren't directly around you. And it's also just very common when you do go through a healing journey, like some friendships just drop away and that's okay. The last thing that I want to touch on is things that I'm navigating in my business world right now. And let me tell you, there's lots going on. The main thing in business of the last few months has been dropping down my client roster. So when I first went online, I was actually managing 110, I think was my highest number clients, which is fucking insane. And my ego was frothing that I had that many clients, but then I was actually burning out just as much as I was working 70 hours in the gym. Like I honestly felt like all I was doing was constant check-ins and constantly writing programs because everything was personalized or is personalized and you know, 110 people messaging you every day is a lot. It was beginning to be quite draining. I had no boundaries either. I would allow my clients to message me 24 seven. Whereas now it's like, I'm only plugging into WhatsApp Monday to Friday. And usually after 5 PM, you're not probably going to get a response, but they can still message me. I just have planned times that I plug in and out of my business, which my client relationships have actually gotten way stronger now because of that. So I'm so grateful for that. So right now I'm only coaching, I think it's 47 clients, which is crazy. I'm earning the same amount of money in my one-to-one coaching portion of my business as I was at 110. So I increased my rates, which was also super hard. I had so much discomfort in doing that. My VIP clients, I was trying to honor their rates to keep them happy and, you know, keep them on board. But Then I was spreading myself too thin. I was putting too much into my business to not get enough money for the effort that I was putting in. So that happened. And then a lot of the unaligned ones dropped off. And then also to breaking up with some clients, which was also really hard. Being a recovering people pleaser, I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to let these people down. But just people that weren't really aligned or consistently late on their payments or people that we just didn't vibe with or they weren't using it to their full capacity. I just didn't want to be wasting their time or taking their money for something that they weren't using. So that brought a lot of discomfort. I'm also now a lot more picky with who I work with. There's actually like an application process almost. And if I don't vibe with that person, I don't have to work with them or I can close my books and open them up whenever I want to, right? But one thing I will say, this had to happen 
for me to become less stressed in my business. Like this is the least amount of stress I have ever had in seven years. I would have never been able to firstly be doing this podcast if I was managing 110 clients still. I'm now bringing out courses and masterclasses. I would never have had the capacity or space to do that. I would never have had the space to navigate my first ever relationship. Some nights I would work until 9 p.m. Like there is no way I would be able to do that now being in a relationship. Like my partner comes home at four or five o'clock and obviously I want to spend that time with him. I don't want to be plugged into work the whole time. And that's not fair on him either. Also just to be able to go and take myself on solo dates or catch up with friends. Like I didn't have a life. I couldn't do that before. So yeah, it really, really, really had to happen. And like I said, initially it caused a lot of discomfort because I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to be earning less money. But I had to really, really work through my money mindset and work out the amount of money I needed to feel safe. And that I had that amount way too high in my head. I was earning an insane amount of money, which I still am now, but my ego would not let go of that. The safety of that and just knowing that I had that amount of money and I would be safe. So I really had to work on, okay, my bills are paid. I can pay for whatever I want. I have the comfort to do that. I've got shitloads of savings and I'm still going to be okay if I'm earning less. Another thing I've been able to do since stepping back from that amount of clients is have the space to work on myself. I've been working in a closer capacity to multiple mentors, courses, other masterclasses, and just leveling up my own expertise as a coach. And I've been looking after the human first and foremost, and that has then in turn put far more energy and way more results into my actual business. I've seen so much more progress behind the scenes and on the scenes than ever before. I've been talking about this as like an elastic band phase where I've like had to take that step back, kind of like build up that energy and then slingshot forward and it's going to scale for years and years to come. And because I had that long-term vision insight, I'm now earning the exact amount I was before, if not a little bit more, I will know very shortly, but I'm tracking to earn way more than I ever have, which is not a coincidence. It's been intentional as fuck. The next thing I've really had to navigate in business is the transition from just an online fitness and nutrition coach into the mindset and business mentoring space. And this feels so aligned for me. This is literally where I feel like I'm meant to be. I still always want to have that really strong fitness, nutrition, body image, food freedom niche behind me, but this is truly where I'm meant to be. This is where I can make the most amount of impact. And business mentoring, I can do in my fucking sleep. Like I really realized once I stepped into that space, how much fun I could have and how much I loved the building part of my face, setting up the backend systems, creating offers, showing up on social media. And I just also have learned so much along the way that I can help others with. And I never actually had that help when I first started. And it's everything that I really needed in the very beginning. So yeah, it's been really nice to kind of come full circle with that. 
But I will say with the mindset stuff, that was also really pushing to an edge for me. I really have had moments where I've doubted myself as a coach. I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm comparing myself to other coaches in the industry. And that was something that I really had to work on and just really anchor back into my purpose and my niche as well. I also have noticed a lot of flack on social media that mindset coaches have been getting or life coaches. And that also deterred me a little bit. I was kind of worried what people were thinking of me and, oh, people aren't going to invest in me right now because a well-known influencer bagged mindset coaches or life coaches on one of her posts. I was like, fuck, everyone's going to listen to her and no one's going to invest. Also to the economy right now was another thing where I was like second guessing if I should have done this. But yeah, I've just really, really had to push my ego aside and step out of my comfort zone and just do the damn thing. And I've just really learned how to build that self-trust within myself and my business. And yeah, here we are. I also ran my first group mindset program, which has been amazing. The shifts that we have had in Project Her have been insane. And I'm just so grateful for the space that we have and the beautiful women that are in that. But these courses or programs and masterclasses are something that I have had as a goal for I'll say 18 months and I have just avoided the fuck out of doing it because I was so worried and just lacked confidence in talking to a lot of people on Zoom and doing Project Her has healed so much within me and I've gained so much more confidence doing that that I can't ever see myself not doing this kind of stuff in the future. With that being said, all of these different things that I have brought into my business, the podcast, the courses, all of that, it's just brought so much more fun into my business, which I think is the main thing that I've gained out of it. Business felt so stagnant. I just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. Do not get me wrong. I love my clients. It is so rewarding to work with them. It is my favorite part of being a coach, but I was just doing the same thing all of the time. Whereas now I kind of have that perfect blend between mindset, business, one-to-one coaching, but also having that fun aspect where I'm speaking to clients in group settings and also to this podcast. So thank you guys for listening because it's here to stay. I love doing this. But that is about it. I definitely intended for this episode to be a lot shorter than it is. But yeah, I think it's really important to speak on the behind the scenes and not just show, I guess, the highlight reel that is social media. And yeah, hopefully it helps and lets you gain some perspective on what it is to be a human being, but also run a business. If you are interested in working with me in any capacity, whether that's one-to-one coaching, mindset, or business mentoring, hit me up. I do have a few spaces left for each of those and I'm opening up for August and September. So get in touch. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unlocking Her and hopefully now that I'm over these sicknesses, we'll be back to having regular episodes. 